Hey, what's up? This is Community Service with Craig Conan. That's me. Are we rolling? Yes. We just get into this shit, Quincy. What the fuck is up, bro? Riding dirty, getting you riding dirty. <laughs> Where's that coming from? Niggas be rolling, singing. You know that song? Chameleonaire, yeah. 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 Try to catch me riding. Was that what the one I was singing a moment ago? No, because you were sitting rolling, so that's what I what i picked up on well what's up i'm bro? so grateful now that my career is blowing up oh that's dope yeah is that a got, vision board kind of yeah over there behind the light oh okay by my mama camry joe rogan and me in the corner see top left that's yeah, a funny I, one i do see that <laughs> is that real or is it photoshop <laughs> it's photoshop <laughs> yeah because your head does it looks disproportionate from this angle for those of you that can't see it we'll do a screenshot of it but uh, it's Joe Rogan and me, and I just literally taped my face over. I don't even know. Was it Duncan Trussell's face? Or, it was some. It, it was somebody that looks <laughs> like of the same vein as me. That's, you know, that's hilarious. And I just stick it over. You know, easiest way to get five thousand followers instantly. Right? Five thousand. <laughs> yeah. How about a career? Yeah, that's true. If Jesus. You, here's the thing. It's been said before, but. Rogan is the uh, the new what's a car, not Carson Daly Johnny Carson yeah yeah he is if you have enough talent and enough body of work and you get on his podcast he gives you a career that show that podcast yeah I mean I've known a couple people recently like in the last three four months yeah that have been on there and they jumped in followers I think because they're on tagged, the show it's like twenty k followers like instantly yeah. uh, he tagged. I always fuck up her name and I love her. Laura. She, Laura Bites. Yeah. <laughs> she takes care of Mr. Cat when I'm out of town. She's a sweetheart. I fucking love her. Yes. She's been a guest on the podcast. He tagged her in a post and in an hour she got like 30,000 fans or something like that. Holy shit. Like that. Boop. Yeah, I saw the post. <laughs> she was too. like, wow, thanks, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's like the comedy pope. He's like, with yeah. his blessing, it's like, it's, you're, you're a made man or woman. You know. And uh, I invited him to dodgeball one time. I play dodgeball. It's not a joke. And <laughs> I said, hey, man. I know. That sounds like a joke. It sounds, you looked at me like, are you this motherfucker's bullshitting me? No, but actually, it seems it seems appropriate that yeah. you play dodgeball. If I'm being I love honest. it. I'm addicted to it. It's therapeutic. It's my baby. It's the only thing I think I love as much as stand-up. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it is so dope. And uh, actually, I requested to go first on my show tonight at Genghis Khan. Don't want to brag doing a Chinese restaurant oh, tonight. <laughs> Yeah, guys. Some of the Far and, East humor. Yeah, and I said, can I go first? Because I have a dodgeball game at nine. <laughs> I swear. Uh, and they're like, what? And I was like, please. They're like, all right. Oh, what is the point? Oh, I asked Rogan in the hallway at the comedy store. I was like, hey, man, you want to play dodgeball with me this Sunday? He goes, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, that sounds like he's a dick. He's a nice guy. and, and Super nice. Such a nice, yeah. Honestly, I... I it feels like he would say yes to that. Like that's one I of those things. He would. He would be I like, don't ask sure. every. I don't. I'm. Not, I know Malena. I'm not asking every yeah. headliner at the goddamn comedy store. But I just thought I was like that. Actually, seems like he would fuck with it, and then just choke people out afterward. No, yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got me out. Bam. Yeah, like he would throw the ball like a fucking you know like a Ken or Ryu fireball. I, just yeah, getting I would just see <laughs> He would shoot it like a Street Fighter character. Oh, dude. <laughs> 
No, he's it, to be. I I think I've talked about this too. But one time I was in the green with him and Ron White, and they were talking comedy. Cat, you're really heckling me, bro. <laughs> and the, and it just the 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 knowledge between those two OGs, you know, is fucking dope, dude. Yeah, that's like that's the coolest thing. One of the coolest things about the comedy store is like you get a comedy education from like actual guys who've been doing it and 20, who are legit. Thirty years. Yes, for a long time, and who know what's up, and who are still relevant after that time because you know we all know that some people get their forty five minutes. It's tight, and then they they live off that for 10, 15 years, yeah. not doing much. But if you watch Joe Rogan in the OR in the main room. He's working on new stuff. So you'll see a joke, you know, you'll see a joke this month. Bomb. And then, yeah, bomb. And then you'll see it three uh, months later. And you can tell he's been working on it. And it's just so much better. Like, he's an actual comedian. He's, cra- he's crazy because when you're at, in my opinion, it's just because when you're at that label, lay, label, label, label. <laughs> <laughs> You guys smoke before drugs. I came to? Then. No, I'm six years sober. I'm just fucking. I'm special now. Um, no, but he like because you know when you reach a certain level of fame, you like never want to bomb. But he'll write, build up an hour, shoot a special, and then go up there with nothing, and then develop these little seeds, and then they grow into killer material. But he'll be bombing for a little bit because you know, yeah. And that is crazy to me to be like just to be that famous and not give a fuck i seen chris rock do the same shit but some other celebrities like they're like oh, i can't bomb i'm too famous you know and that's and i and i have to be honest that's probably one of the main reasons i know that comedy is what i'm supposed to do because nothing affects me the way comedy does so if i have a really good set i'm just cheesing for the next couple of hours yeah. i'm smiling i'm like patting people on the shoulder yeah i'm like hey man keep going you know what i mean you're gonna you're gonna make it but if uh if i have a terrible set i am i am distraught man yeah, i'm like yeah. what am i doing with my life you know what i mean i should have gone to college like I, it really gets bad <laughs> you like such don't a, look at me yeah exactly. uh, i'm not worth it <laughs> so, <laughs> so because i had a string like recently i had a string of really good sets like together like well, I, I forgot to say that he is funny as fuck. Oh, thank That's you. That's one of the requirements yeah. to be on my podcast. You got to be a funny fuck. Yeah, I appreciate the invite, too, because I know you yeah. get such quality guests, and to be a part of this, uh, I really appreciate that. Actually, thing. you were the, I don't know if you picked me, but I saved the flyer. I should have pulled it out, but you were the first one ever to throw me up on potluck, or you hosted. Oh, okay, gotcha. And that was like five years ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I... It's crazy. I saw you perform because uh, you used to do Monarch show a lot. So I saw you do that hosted show, and uh, and Monarch, I have to give him a lot of credit because a lot of the shows start. He started off as a bringer, but then you know he graduated from that, and his show became quality. And he always had quality host, uh, which is what a lot of bringer promoters don't do. They'll put up a new girl or a new comic in general, but a lot of times it's a girl for whatever reason. And they're just like super new. It is. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. And I just, saw you catch that. Like, wait, no, it's just. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah for whatever like, reason. It's, like, it's, it's, it's really. Yeah. So they it's, really do that. Because I don't know if they're trying to get laid or whatever the situation I is. I think it is. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they never have a quality host, which is really important for a show that lacks in real comics. Uh, and you're always on the show and a quality host. And then, you know, we went to San Diego. That was like the time we kind yeah, of. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And Madhouse. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. That was great. Were you doing La Jolla Comedy Store? 
Uh, I think I just did a guest spot or something guess over what? there, but I was doing so I, Madhouse. That was that fun. That was a picture. I think it was me, you, Doc Willis, yeah. Derek Post, and Trey Stewart, Brian Simpson. Simpson. Yeah, Christy Little was there. Yeah, there, yeah, there was, that was a, a killer crew. Yeah, that was a really good weekend, actually. That was, was so fun. I think Kelly Ryan might have been Hassan there. Hassan was there. Hassan yeah. Ahmad. It was like a nice little crew. So anyway, yeah, so that was like one of the first times I saw you outside of you know, the store. Luke Eddie Schwartz was there murdering. that weekend, but not in the photo, so that was good. Was he there that weekend? I don't <laughs> That guy. I, so I can't f- believe I just stepped on you complimenting me. I fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Let me fucking I'm sorry. pump you up to your fans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyway, so yeah, it's uh, when I host, for me, the show isn't about me. It's about presenting funny comedians to the audience to have them stay and have a good experience. And uh, yeah, you're always in that group for me. Like you always have a good set. People like you. You know what I mean. You like you have a really good demeanor, and it's always good for the show. So it's a no brainer. Well, thank for you. me. Thank you for throwing me up, baby. Yeah, no problem. I tagged you in it on my story. I hope you got four followers. <laughs> I did. Now I have. <laughs> now I have five. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> we get six after the podcast. <laughs> What else, dude? I run on empty. That's why I have to have guests. Because I was like, I was trying to a solo podcast. I gotta talk for an hour. (laughs) Are you fucking insane? I can't do this shit. And then I just drink too much coffee and my eyes twitch. (laughs) I'm addicted to coffee. I have a problem. Me too. I mean, better than this is a Trenta ice red eye. You know, (laughs) so it's just like, wait, what's a red eye? It's it comes with an ad shot shot of espresso. Sorry, I've been drinking bubbles. It's red eye uh, for one shot, black eye for two shots, and then purple eye for three shots. Is that a real lingo? That's it's like yeah, secret menu Starbucks kind of stuff. Mm. But yeah, that's like the shorthand. Interesting. Yeah, I get the sweet cream vanilla cold brew oh dude light ice so you get extra coffee (laughs) dude the cold brew is no joke man like that like sometimes if i don't have anything in my stomach and i drink that i love it 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 hits me like a ton of bricks it's so much caffeine yeah yeah and it's like i love it because i love drugs and i can't do them anymore and it makes me feel like i'm on drugs i'm like oh yeah i'm wired again but I did a tweet, and it's true. Like I swear, I mean this with all my heart. If the coffee doesn't make me shit my pants, I don't want it. Like <laughs> yeah. I want to drink. My, that's part of the ritual. Like I want to wake up, I want to slam my coffee, and I want to get ready for the day and release. And you know, no, I mean it makes out. It makes total sense. And then you're just light for the day, rather than all fucking carrying old mud butt all around. <laughs> well, because it, it feels like it's it's working. Like uh, I'm the same way. I like. Like, if I'm going to chew gum, it can't be fruity gum, you know, or if I toothpaste, it has to, like, kind of burn my mouth. Yeah. So I feel like something's happening. Because if not, it's just like, what am I doing? I bought the hippie mouthwash with no alcohol. It does not burn. And I don't like it. Yeah, right? I want the burn. I want, oh, my gums are bleeding. It hurts. It hurts so good. Oh, so funny. I like that shit. Yeah, because now I'm like, now I feel like it's working. You know what I mean? I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah. Put That's a little so alcohol on your dick. That'll get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if like pussy was the same way? Oh, it's burning. That's how I know it's good. Uh. <laughs> See that lava pussy. Oh shit. I pissed dick, fire. Set my dick on fire. 
<laughs> ah, good bit, man. That's good. Dude, I uh did it's I mean, it must be really hard to try to do one hour by yourself, right? I mean Oh dude, I have to do a Patreon episode. I've been doing better, but he helps me. But if I just had to do one hour by my What? <laughs> what? These guys are crazy. Chris does that. Theo does that sometimes. Theo does solo episodes. I'm like, for a whole hour? Yeah, what do you talk about for a whole hour? I don't know. I have notes and I struggle. (laughs) And as much as I like so many of these people who have podcasts, I just think like sometimes they just press record and let it go. And it's like, I can't take that. You know, I need, like if they have a good guest and I'll tune in at that point or something like that. But I just can't sit there and listen to them ramble. You Bill know what I mean? Burr needs to be sort of solo. I was trying to think of more solo. Yeah, yeah. Burris, Mark Marin is solo. solo. Well, he has a guest, but you know he'll still be solo for a majority of the episode. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, get, get to the over point. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'd like to be at the point where people would just like to listen to me ramble, uh, but I almost feel like I still wouldn't do it. Do you know, like, I, like for instance, I know this may be controversial. Okay, we all. I, I'm a comic. I love Dave Chappelle. I love watching. Dave Chappelle perform. I learned so much. He's such a cool person. But when he comes and he does like five or six hours, I feel like that's not fair. Because like, if you look at the average person, how many times you go to a comedy club in their lifetime? It's not very often, unless they're like real comedy fans, and that's just few enough people. Uh, I know what you're saying, but I also can't watch the whole thing because it's just too much. It's too much. But he's just fucking around. Yeah. It's, it's It's not like he's doing material the whole time he's literally just having conversations and then there'll be huge moments of laughter and stuff yes but it's not you know when he's up there three four hours he's smoking cigarettes talking to you you know and we all and we both know that especially when you're at a certain level uh like you're not afforded that much space or dead air right you yeah. have to be, there has to be punchlines, you know, your last per minute we, has yeah. to be really high. If we did that, yeah, we would be tackled would, off the We'd be thing. done. <laughs> and it's crazy because I've watched him go for 10 minutes without saying anything funny. But then as soon as he says something funny, it's a it's a collective room pop. So it's like for that 10 minutes, they're still hanging on every word he's saying, even though he's not yeah. telling a joke. And then when the joke comes, they're ready for it. That's his like, superpower. He is unbelievable at you are hanging on every word what you just said you absolutely are captivated and you're just like i want to hear what he has to say whether it's funny or not you still are on board and uh and also like he can murder while drinking i'm like how do you do (laughs) that i would be falling over it would just take shots and just riff it and and rip and you're like what the fuck are you dude yeah now i feel like he just exists in comedy in a sense like he yeah it's just it's you know the line has been blurred together and mashed together like his existence and on stage and all, it's just one it's thing all now. he's ever done you yeah, know he's just, never had a job it's he's got into stand-up at 15 right yeah or something like that so disheartening so he's when you just hear that, been too. stand-up <laughs> that's crazy no wonder he's so fucking good at yeah. it he's he's just i guess so disheartened when i hear that though it's like Chris Rock started at like that age as well. And like these guys are the superstars. Even like Louis C.K. was opening for Seinfeld when he was like young. And it's like that's, it, you know, that was like early in their career and they're doing all these really huge things. And then, you know, 15, 16 years later, they become superstars. But it's like, oh man, if you start 
after 16, does it mean that you can never get to that level? Do you know? Like, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. That, right? That's yeah, what it feels we suck. Like. We fucked up. <laughs> yeah, right? That's why we're in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have a cat. The studio? Us. That's what we're going to call it? Because yeah. it is a studio. <laughs> yeah. The studio. Hey, what did you label the production company? No Kitchen Studios. Yeah, that's guy. I don't have. That looks like a kitchen, but it's not a kitchen. That's such a fitting. Uh, yeah, it does look like you go to the right and there's like more. Space. No, it's just a fridge in a closet. <laughs> um, oh, this no is the Kitchen bachelor, Studios. Right? Is that what they call yeah, it? Bachelor. Yeah. They fool you. They go, oh, and then you're like, wait a minute. There's no gas line. There's no garbage disposal. What the fuck? I have two dishes in my bathtub right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it depresses me every single time. I go to take a shower. I'm like, oh, fuck. Is it a bathtub slash sink? Is that what it is? Yeah, I just got to wash my plates in there. But I started using paper plates after about five years of bathtub dishes. Uh, because the sink in the bathroom is so small, if I wash anything in there, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to break it. Yeah. So I'm. I'm officially Kramer now. Yeah, I don't know if people <laughs> understand too, like what it takes to really, really dedicate your life to comedy. They, I don't think that you can't have girlfriends, you can't have wives, can't have kids, can't have family. Like you just, yeah. it literally, it. Ha if you want to get good, I'm not even kidding you. Everybody always asks me questions about stand up and getting start. It has to consume you, and if it doesn't consume you, then get the fuck out of the way and let the real ones do it. One hundred percent. I was a hobby comic most of the time I've been doing comedy. Uh, I'd, whether it was fear or just lack of motivation, whatever the situation was, I never fully went after it. Two years ago, like I made the decision to, like, this is what I want to do. <clears throat> this is where I derive the most pleasure from. Also, the most pain for the most part. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like I can do it and be and have a relatively good amount of success. Like, I don't need to be a superstar. Yeah, you know? you're already clicked in with. He works at the comedy store, yeah. and he's nice and funny. I mean, it's game over. But even that, it was like I I'd done enough to get to a certain level, but I, you know, I was I plateaued because I wasn't. So two years ago, um, is when you know I was driving. I was pretty. I was LA comfortable, right? I lived in a two bedroom, two bathroom apartment. Uh, I was driving a BMW. <clears throat> I had you know a master bedroom. I had secured parking. Like that's. That's it. L.A. nice. Yeah, that's L.A. nice, guys. That's LA I got nice. that street parking. <laughs> and <laughs> then, you know, I had to sell. Only. I sold my BMW. I bought the minivan. So, like, when I do San Diego or gigs that are, like, right outside the city, instead of uh, crashing, I just sleep in my van. Uh, I share a studio apartment. Uh, and now, I, I, I mean, I've kind of gone back to the trenches. Like, I open mic every day that I don't have a real show. So it's like every day I'm still getting on stage. I try to average twice a night. And sometimes I get more than that. But even like last night, I did my potluck spot. And then I had a show at the improv uh, in the lab. Say that so I don't think I'm in the main stage. Uh, and then I went to a mic after that because there was one more mic still. So it's like, let me get one more. Because what am I going to do? Go home and, you know, watch television or something? It's like, no, let me get just, you know, a little bit better at stand up right now. Just so, you know, they keep and that's what up. it takes. That's what it takes. And that's what it straight up takes. Yeah, because I was literally last night, I was with friends and uh, and loved ones carving pumpkins, having the time of my life. Good, warm environment. <laughs> Everything's perfect. And in my head, I was like, 
fuck, I should be at the comedy store. Dylan will throw me up for three minutes. Right. And that's not even a sure thing. That's a 50-50 chance because it's like, <laughs> it's just how it is. There's so many comics and I might get thrown up. And I want to leave the like a perfect, loving f- f- Halloween food, pumpkins, family, everything, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I'm like, man, fuck this shit. Let me go get that three. Yeah, you were that the- <laughs> was on my mind the whole time. I didn't do it because I've learned lessons. Like, you got to have a fucking life too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I was thinking about it the uh, most of the time. I was like, maybe I can still make it. But after the time passed, I was like, oh, I missed it. Yeah, I mean, then finally, I was like, yeah, it's done. It's funny because you will leave people who love you unconditionally to you know to perform in, in front of strangers in hope in hopes of getting their approval. You know, like and just and you and I both know like at that time the talent coordinator isn't in the room, so. It doesn't help you necessarily get into the store more, but at the same time, you go up in front of all the employees, all the people yeah. who host, and it makes it that much easier for you to get up again, you know, so that, so you still, like, have to do it, you know, you still yeah. have to do it. Yep. It's a weird thing. I don't even know if Adam has ever seen me perform. Really? And I've performed at the store hundreds of times. Yeah. I just never wanted to bug him. He's the talent coordinator. And I, I always go up at the time that he's not in the room. But what you just said, it's like, well, fuck, I got to get up on here somehow. Yeah, because if you do really well, then, you know, another employee who hosts sees you and it's like, oh, they're more likely to put you up if they need someone. Yeah. You know, so. But I yeah, should that go sucks. earlier. Uh, but, man, I ain't waiting in line like those Willie Lump Lumps for. Look at this. There's 300 of them. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> well, we could, we could edit this part out of the podcast maybe, but. If you want to get up in front of him, sign up for the open mic. Uh, can help you get on to the mic. Yeah, but I mean, you just <clears throat> you're past that, you know. That's why, yeah, yeah. So, but at the same time, it's like just getting up in front of him. That I one always time wanted be... to work there, but I had a job at Trader Joe's where I made twenty four an hour, and I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, and I got spots, and I I did the calculations in my head. I was like, "I'll make minimum wage." And when I wanted to work there, there was no door guy spots. Oh, gotcha. So I was like, I, I won't even get up. You know, it's like I'm going to literally give up money and stage time. And I was like, I can't give up stage time. Yeah. But but now they have the door guys, that the employees, they get spots. They get to cold open the rooms and development spots. But before that, dude, I would talk to Hassan. He's like, I got up once this week. And I just saw the pain in his heart. Yeah. Because he was there every night. I, I could watching comedy and not doing it were you fucking insane i'll kill myself <laughs> yeah and, and <clears throat> i gotta get up baby i will say this there was a period where i was only doing like three maybe four spots a week uh and they were generally at the comedy store but i did feel like i was getting better for some reason it was a really weird thing it's like less was more but you know i was watching better comedy you're uh, watching better comedy you're performing at the fucking mecca where you you can't be okay. Like, if you're okay, you suck. Yeah. You got to kill. And it sounds cutthroat like the dojo, you know, like a Karate Kid. <laughs> but it's the comedy. You're literally competing with Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, Sarah Silverman, Chris Lee, Eliza, uh, Murder, yeah. Ali Wong. Whitney, you know? Joey Diaz. Whitney, Joey Diaz. Bill Burr, like, yeah. So you better <laughs> fucking bring it yeah. or you're going to die. The lineups are insane. I mean, they're insane. And it's insane that shows start at 9 p.m. You know, like, it's all crazy. But that place just, you know, generates. Yeah. yeah. It's the shit. It's going to be the Comedy Store episode. <laughs> You've been there a minute. I never really asked this question. What's, like, the coolest Comedy Store story? 
Oh, do I have a cool comedy store story? You got to, bro. It's impossible not to. Um, well, I don't know if this one's cool, but it might just be sort of. So you know, we all know Brody passed away, right? He committed yeah. suicide. So this is just like my Brody story is when he went crazy on Twitter. Uh, like when he, that's like when I first got hired there, right? So it was like my first month, maybe three weeks. And we're hanging out in a parking lot, and he came in, and he was full on manic. I mean. He fucking sped into the parking lot, and it was so funny because he had such perfect posture in his car. <laughs> it was just like you could see him. And he sped into the lot. He got out, and he was screaming, somebody get me high. Uh, and he was getting in the face of one of the employees there. And it was like a smaller guy who's like really skinny guy. And he was getting in his face like yelling, and he was just so intense. And I was like, hey, are you okay? Is this okay? Because I didn't really know him all that well. I knew you know the employee a lot more. Uh, long story short, Brody gets in my face and like he threatens to get me fired. <laughs> like my three weeks in, if you don't get him high. No, I don't get it. If because he was harassing the this guy, um, but of course, like I said, he was manic and he was. I don't think he was ever really gonna hurt him. But I didn't know the situation. I just see some guy who's like you know six one, you know, talking to someone who weighed like a buck oh five and just in their face and yelling into. And at this time, dude, he used to carry around a kettlebell, so. He was super ripped, bro. He was just like lean, like one. He was like a snake, dude. He was like he, so was, much he was. He's a fit man. Yeah, dude. he was very he was fit. Like what, yeah. six five, just ripped. Yeah, is that how tall he is? He six three, tall. six yeah. four. He was, what? How tall are you? Six four. He was at least as tall as this. Yeah, boy. and it was just crazy. And like, so I almost got fired. Like my first month working at the comedy store, trying to defend like, you know, a small employee. It? I mean, I don't want to say names. Cause I don't want people to, you know. Brody's dead now. I no, know, I, know. Man. <laughs> I know. I know. What's he going to do? Rest in peace. You know. <laughs> I love you, Brody. I'm sorry you're dead. Yeah, me too, man. That guy. If that was, that might have been one of the, that might have been one of the best experiences watching Brody. And it's so shitty because I had just started coming back around late night to watch, you know, because I was out all night doing mics and was done. It's like I just kind of was yeah. really restless. So I was going back to the store, and I just started seeing a lot of late-night Brody sets again. And he, I mean. He was the best. He was the best. He let he was all. He was, so, he was so honest and real that it was scary to even watch someone. It's like it's not even me doing it. I'm watching someone else and being afraid for them because there was, there was just no wall between how he really felt and, you know, how he talked to the crowd. Like, everything he was feeling, you understood. And he, you know, conveyed that. And it was just so vulnerable. And it was so, yeah. I, don't, I mean, it was scary to watch. But also, I appreciate it so much. Because there's been so much fear involved in my progress. That to see someone be so fearless and be so open and honest was, like, inspiring. But again, he, scary. He also, uh, he had the unreal ability to... The worse the circumstances were, the better he would do. Yeah. Like you would see Brody go in front of a sold out fire show and he would do okay. But then the end of the night, everyone's hammered, doesn't want to be there, falling asleep. He would murder. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> how did you do that yeah. in the worst possible <laughs> scenario ever where we're all terrified? We, I mean, we all go up, but we're like, I don't even want to go up. You know, yeah. like, this is awful. They're slumped over, and he'll get up there and rip it. And you're like, "You, what the fuck are he you, would bring, sir? He would bring them back to life. He would yeah. breathe life into the show. Do you know what I mean? It's like he took his energy 
and he just passed it on to everyone, and then it became this whole. It was like amazing to watch. I mean, I can't even explain. Luke it Schwartz told me that at the taping of his special in the main room, there was a hot, vibrant crowd, and he was like, "I I don't like this," and he made David Taylor go up to walk some people and change the energy of the room. Are you serious? For the negative. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. That's cool. That is. Oh, that's so. I said a lot of names, and we ain't bleeping shit. <laughs> and it's, it was this is a story. It's yeah. So <laughs> oh, it's so. And his jokes were good, dude. He had funny jokes, like I leather I, exterior. Yeah. <laughs> that he said, I got a ninety six Toyota. I got a Cadillac. <laughs> what was that joke? It was a Toyota Avalon. I have a Toyota Avalon leather exterior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. Yeah. I'm intense. I get BO in the shower. <laughs> They're so good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm making it. I take my mother out to lunch. <laughs> Pay for half. Pay for half. Uh, Split yeah. the check. My sister used to beat me with her keys. You say that's... <laughs> she was a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's the best. Oh, uh, I'll tell you a quick funny. It has nothing to do with me, and it's not even like a real story, but... So you know Willie Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. So I would set it up like this. Like if you, when those people are saying, like you meet a black guy who's not a real black guy, right? That's kind of Willie. He's kind of, <laughs> you know, that's. <laughs> he's the, the most accurate description yeah, I've so, ever heard of Willie in my life. And believe me, I get the same thing, but like Willie is like to another I, level. I am more right? black than Willie. <laughs> it is true. So we used to have, you know, uh, Trippin' on Tuesday, which was like the longest running black show in the city. Started by like Guy Tory back in the day or his brother, one of them. <clears throat> anyway, so you know we used to ID people, and this is before we had actual security. <laughs> Willie ID Dr. Dre and didn't know who he was. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me, dude? One hundred percent serious. I had a Dr. Dre poster when I was twelve years old on my closet, and it had a skull with a bullet hole in it, and the skull was smoking a joint, and uh, smoke went out the bullet hole in the skull. It was the dopest shit ever, dude. If you know rap, hip hop. Especially if you know West Coast hip hop, you know Dr. Dre, the chronic. Dude, if you are of, the of this 10, fucking earth, I, if you're <laughs> wider than the wall and you I live swear. in Scandinavia, <laughs> you still know what G thing is. You motherfucker. Yeah, because he was like, no, I don't need my ID. He was like, look, man, I'm just doing my job, bro. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know Willie that well, and now I'm glad I don't. No, I'm just kidding. That's shots fired. He's, just, a, he's a good he's guy. He's the nicest guy. But it's ever. just like, he, he ID Dr. Dre. I'm like, that's so. Hilarious, dude. Well, I saw Eddie Murphy there one time too. That was crazy. Yeah, I seen a gang of fools there. I seen po- I, this is. We'll see. I'm because I know real hip hop. I'm just kidding. I <laughs> I was hanging with Dave Chappelle and John Mayer and Post Malone in the green room, and I didn't know who Post was, but he had all the shit on his face. Yeah, and he had like chains, and I was like, I know you're somebody. <laughs> I just don't know who. Yeah. And everyone yeah. the next day is. I just I don't. The latest, the newest hip hop I know is Run the Jewels. Like, I just stay in the past. It's no, not knocking post. Obviously, he's very, very talented. He had the, didn't he break the record for number one album for the longest weeks or some shit? Did he? I, I don't listen he, to I don't know. He, anyways, I feel so like out it, of place. Dude, 90s gangster rap. That's it. <laughs> After that, I know, but they all sounded so different in the 90s and like now the top 10 tracks, like seven of them sound exactly the same. Yeah, I know. can't, I don't. I fuck with Kanye, Run yeah. the Jewels. Yeah, Kanye's That's a, it. Kanye's an artist, man. He's like everything else is OG shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Outcast, Tupac, Satchel, 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 Satchel. like fuck, fuck that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Man, fuck that yeah, shit. Be yourself. Be yourself. Um. Anyways, Dr. Dre, man, he's my favorite. I, I mean, it's just the idea idea that he ID Dr. Dre. I mean, he was so funny. He was a face of hip hop, him and Snoop, for a while, right? I mean, it just sort of, especially on the West Coast, which is where we are. Yeah, death row, baby. Them, yeah. him, Snoop, and Tupac on the same team. Ooh. Unbelievable! Ooh, Unbelievable! Wee. Tupac's actually my favorite. I have a little shrine on the on the fridge there. I don't know if you can see it. Anyways, so I mean, and how crazy is that? So you're with Chappelle, John Mayer, and Post Malone, dude. It was a trip, and that's what the comedy store is like. It, yeah, but none of these I'm people hosting. roll. None of these people roll up with entourages. By the way, you know, Chappelle is like super big, so he has like a security guy. But it isn't like some big black dude. Which would you think? It's like one a, guy. Yeah, it's like a white dude who drive. He's basically like a chauffeur. Yeah. Who maybe he's has a chauffeur you know, that'll knife you up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe has a firearm license. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> I, and like none of those guys come with entourage. They just come and hang out, and it's just that's. I think I've told the story before, but who cares? It's worth repeating. But yeah. I was hosting main room show for Monarch, and then Dave Chappelle peeps his head in, and he's like, "Is it cool if I go up?" And we were like, "Yeah, dude, <laughs> 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 fucking yeah." <laughs> And then behind him is uh, John Mayer and Post Malone and then a wrestler guy. And he's a, I don't follow wrestling, but he was some wrestler, famous WWE guy. Anyways, they're all smoking hash and I'm six years sober and, and, and at that time, probably five years. And then it's going down the line and I'm like. If Dave Chappelle asked me to smoke hash, I'm going to hit the fucking hash. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. It's it's not like it's narcotic or anything. But also, I haven't smoked. I was a stoner for 17 years, but I haven't smoked in five years. So that hash, you know what I mean? I would go to the moon, and now I have to host after that and bring him up. uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's already nerve-wracking bringing Dave Chappelle up just because he's such a celebrity. And then, uh, thank God I have to call, oh, there's one more part of the story. So Judd Apatow was next. And then, uh, Dave said, can I go up? Everybody said, yes. I forgot. I'm hanging with Judd Apatow too. Yeah. A fucking conglomerate in the yeah. comedy world. Just, just a typical day at the comedy store. And then, uh, Dave Chappelle asked Judd Apatow, he goes, Hey, uh, Judd, you want me to go next or you? And Judd's like, I'll go next. Right? And then, uh, but Judd, I mean, this is how cool Judd Apatow is. He's one of the most powerful men in comedy. Probably the, I mean, he could just green light movies and yeah. finance them, write them, direct them, cast them. That guy's insane. And he is so humble that he's like, no, I'll go next. And he had like a 20 minute spot. But he knew that Dave wanted, you know, and he did like 10. It caught me off guard. But and then because I that's how I got out of the hash. I was like, I was about to hit hash. And then Judd got off and I ran to the stage. And then I go to bring up Dave Chappelle and I go, ladies and gentlemen, the reason Comedy Store is one of the best clubs in the world is because you get special guests dropping like this. Everyone, please welcome Dave Chappelle. 
and instant standing ovation. Yeah. Like, a pop, like you're like, what? I was like, I've never seen that. You know, yeah. I've seen some crazy shit, but not that. And then, but he's smoking hash, and now I'm out there like this, like, <laughs> I swear he's here, guys. Like, he's coming. Like, I know it was only like 30 seconds or a minute, but when you're on stage, it feels like and there's an instant standing ovation, and it's long enough for people to like stop cheering, <laughs> then look at you like, Hey man, are you fucking with <laughs> us, dude? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just backpedaling, like, ah, he's he's here, and then he comes out after an uncomfortable amount of time, <laughs> and then another instant standing pop ovation again for the second time, and then I go in the green room, and Judd even said he's like, yeah, I just did because he's always working on stuff. He always has notepads. That's why he's so successful because he's just writing and writing, and he. It's like, I just did what I was working on. I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. What am I going to do? He's like, Chappelle's here. Like, you know, but yeah. that's how cool he is, you know, to be that big of a powerful conglomerate. And was like, I'm going to cut my set in half. Maybe not half, but, you know, he cut some time. So you you host a lot in the show where Dane Cook is on, right? Yeah. So, you know, whatever about Dane Cook, I don't really have. Well, I mean, I do have a personal opinion about him. And that's what I'm about to say, guys. Uh I'm out of this. Chappelle is like <laughs> spectacular, obviously, right? He's like top of the game. But Chappelle owes his a lot of his fame to his show, right? So he was huge in the comedy world. People knew about him as a comic for sure. But his show just propelled him to the next level. What I think people forget about Dane Cook, is cause, and I'm saying that because I see him there a lot now, is that first off, he created the model that every comic is using today. To try to get famous, right? The social media thing, get your followers. And secondly, he became a household name off of comedy. How many people can you say legitimately did that? Because no one remembers his movies, really. Kevin right? Hart openly admits that he just copied his format and made it a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, and Kevin Hart, the brilliant thing he did is he had the movie release, but at least that was a movie release of his stand up. So that introduces you to like such a huge audience. But yeah, you're right, Kevin. But Kevin started doing a shit ton of movies. He's he, but Dane Cook, it was off of comedy, man. Which is so like I will take that any day of the week to just be a household name from. That's so hard, and like I don't know if he gets credit for it. It's nearly impossible. It's nearly impossible, especially in today's day. It's nearly impossible, and he just he did it, man. I mean, he's still Dane Cook. Like Chris Rock does movies, so he can sell out. Madison yeah, Chris Square Rock Garden. does movies. Seinfeld had his show. Seinfeld was a nationally touring comic. He was making a lot of money, but he didn't become Seinfeld until after the Seinfeld show. Drew Carey, right? Same thing. Like all these guys. And, you know, and I'm not knocking them, of course. Everybody wants to get their TV show, and, like, that's supposed to propel you. But the level that Dane Cook got off of just comedy is and it's astronomical and un- unbelievable, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Yeah. He's been nothing but nice to me, so I have nothing bad to say about him, but he's not the most popular in the business. He isn't. And then, and then what is he dating? Like a really young chick right now? He's like 45 and she's like 19 or something? She's 20. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was 19 when the story first came out. Oh, that's also what? No, I'm not going to go there. Let's not. Well, let's not ruin my. Uh, <laughs> My open mic career on, uh, <laughs> on this podcast. Dane right shows now. up to 
fucking rock paper doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> I can't even think. Oh, uh, what is that? Burt's beeswax? Burt's backroom? Yeah, Burt's backroom. Dane goes, don't put up Quincy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, he paid the five. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting up. <laughs> you pay? Pay to play, baby. Yeah, That's exactly. also another thing. Not only is this game hard, but you have to pay to do stand-up when you suck not anymore he's funny as fuck but i'm just saying in the very beginning you pay to do open mics at horrible environments the, horrible. Wor- the worst environments for comedy imaginable yeah i am straight up better off performing to that lamp <laughs> there's three comics yeah. they're on their phone they're mad miserable depressed suicidal all that shit and there's a barista and he's Toasting bagels and blending smoothies. Yeah, talking loud. Talking loud. What do you want? You know, and you're like, I'm trying to be the funny. Yeah, comedy is an absolute internship where it's most most of the time you don't get the job afterwards. You know, like that's yeah. really. But this is Los what Angeles. Like. What I found out because I born and raised came up here. Mm-hmm. This is L.A. But do uh, you know there's parts of the country where open mics are good? Yeah, San there's Diego, hundred people man. there and shit, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> San Diego does a good job. That's why I go there a lot. So after their shows, they always say, "All right, that's the end of the show. We're going to start an open mic right now." And after people stay, it. and people stay, it's and then very smart you them. don't have to pay to do the mic, and you have real people to yeah. perform in front of. And I, and honestly, I mean, the, the some of the comics have become kind of jaded. I hear them saying, you know. Oh, well, this is open mic anyway. So, you know, I'm just going to. And I'm like, no, there's real people here. Anytime, like any, I kind of try not to have the open mic mentality anymore. If I'm on stage and you're sitting down looking at me, you're an audience member, comic or not. You know, so I am trying to get you to laugh no matter what. I'm not just like, I'm just going to recite this. You guys aren't going to laugh. So whatever. I'm going to get everything that I can out of that moment. And then when I see people like, oh, it's just an open mic and there's like 30 people in the audience. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you do mean? You, Kill it. Yeah, it's like, Kill it. do you have a material? That Looks you like you'll be never like, be on this? my podcast, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, just go up and destroy it. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like the, you can get on stage a lot here in Los Angeles, but the st- <laughs> the quality time, it's not, the time is not quality. You're right. It's you're in front of it's awful. nine comics who are upset they're not going up uh, who are paying attention to their notes. In a perfect world, start off in a nice scene like Arizona, Phoenix, mm-hmm. San Diego. Do two two to four years there, get good, and then go to the big cities. Yeah. Uh, like and if Ch- you, Chappelle Lacey, for that, instance, He did right? it perfect. He, he got good in Arizona. There's he, six clubs. There's, ton, there's, there's People aren't so jaded. He already featured and hosted for all the famous fucks. Mm-hmm. And then he moved here, and he already was clicked in. Just bam. Yeah, he knew Rogan. He knew Delia. He knew everybody. Yeah, it's like you become the big fish in the small pond. Yeah, and then you come here, and then you're. But it's important to move. Ascend is so much faster. You know. Yeah, like it's so much faster. But starting off here, I like pain. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. I, I, I mean, I, that's me too. It's like I, w- I want to go do a shitty open mic. I do on Saturdays. I do an open mic. Uh, Victor Martinez runs an open mic. It's a garage mic. It's uh off of Western. It's behind a food for less. 
you know what's funny? I was about to make fun of you, and I go, "Wait, I've done garage mics." Yeah, and it's I've like, done. I was about to. I was like, "I've done that so many times." It's literally like one. in an alley. There's a row of garages like behind an apartment building. I've done brunch and open do mics. <laughs> there's like, Let's list off all the shitty mics we've done. Yeah, it's okay. Laundry mat. I've done laundry. Oh mat. my god! There's yeah, been well. a laundry mat mic. <laughs> Uh, porn store, uh, tender boxes. Oh my god, that's actually a good that. show. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, garage, backyard, yeah. living room shows. Yes, Quinceanera is probably the worst show <laughs> I've ever done in my life. There's 250 people there, and four were looking at me. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing? Why did they hire me? They said they're gonna pay me. They gave me candy and beer. Yeah. I, was, I was drinking at that time and I was just like, all right, I'll take it. I, what what I about like the haha? <laughs> the haha, pay to play? Yeah. You got to pay money. I'm almost down with pay to play. It's like, at least I know I'm getting up. Back in the day, well, Bert's back room is changing everything for yeah, the better. And, and fourth wall. Yeah. And fourth wall. I'll explain their system in a moment. But back in the day, there's so many comics, they'd have to like sign up at four. But everyone get there at like three or two and like start their own paper without the even person, the host of the mic even being there. You know, remember that shit? Yeah. And be like, hey, man, like it's at four. Like I'm on time. <laughs> yeah. Why am I 45th yeah. on the list? Yeah, right. I'm here at 358. Yeah. It was insane like that. So then you wouldn't even get up. And then a lot of them are raffles. And some of the raffles did it right they pull that like 10 names out at a time or whatever but sometimes it's just one by one so you would wait for three hours and not get up sometimes and oh god it's that like, was awful to wait three hours and waste your fucking life and then not even get up and you just leave so angry not even get up in the worst shittiest environment ever yeah i mean it's so it's like incredibly disheartening you watch and that's the thing, like, especially when I became really serious, is you watch so many people where you're like, I know they're not going to be around in two years. Like, I'm this frustrating to have to sit and watch them yeah. perform. That but, old system, though. Yeah. I will say this. That weeds people out fast. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't, you ain't going to last long through that yeah. shit environment. So it kept the real ones going. But also, too, it's so awful that it discouraged, like, some really good ones. Yeah. Because they're just like, Man, what? Because you stay in open mic for like two to six years, dude. Mm -hmm. Two years is a quick out. Yeah, two years is a very quick it's out. A quick, it's a like two to six. And, it, and if you're approaching 10 years in the open mic scene, I think you should quit. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> long. I'm serious. That's, that's the longest long. out. Yeah. That's the longest out. If you get to 10 and you're still open mic purgatory, well, bro. Because that's, that's sort of the point is where, okay, Bringer shows, you guys understand the concept of a bringer show. A promoter says, hey, you want to do my show at a club? And any comic is like, yeah, I want to do a show at a club. Bring yeah, great, people. bring 10 people. And then you're like, okay. So then you bring 10 people, and then the show's terrible because people aren't booked because of their comedy. They're booked because they can bring people to watch them. Yeah. Right, so with that said, even the development spots at the comedy store, they book us on bringer shows. What they have... It's a lot fewer shows than they used to bring it, shows. The comedy store used to have so many bringer shows. Yeah. And now they're not. Yeah. And that's the they great They have part. like one or two. Yeah. So we get like better shows. And but, I'm down with bringers because my first 10 real shows were bringer shows. Yes. And you can get it. There are, there are people. So if yeah. you. But the point I'm making is like you want to get to the point to where you're a bringer ringer. Like you get booked on a bringer show just as a funny comic where you don't have to bring people because it's still a show. It's still an audience of people who don't know you. So it's an audience, you know, 
So you have a better chance of getting an authentic response as opposed to the guy who brought 10 people whose friends, his friends are going to laugh at him no matter what, you know. And there be, afterwards you see him like, oh, you were the best one on the show. I swear to God, I'm not just saying that. Like, no, this guy's God, God awful. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> we start doing the mics. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you see it. Like, God the awful. They, He's just, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to shoot him in the alley. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty, they can be really bad. They're so they're, bad most of the time. But yeah. every now and then you get a ray of light. You're like, yeah. oh, shit. Every now and then. She's like, fucking killed. Like Justin Martindale was on a bringer show and Mitzi saw him. Yeah. And then that's like, so he, there are those stories. But for the most part, you see someone on a bringer show and then you see someone in the show where they know zero people in the audience and they just eat a bag of dicks. They just like, they're not, cause they're no, they're not getting realistic responses from the shows they're doing. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that when you're doing the mics, it's, it's, it's like a necessary evil, but at some point when you become funny, you got to go do a real show. You got to go do a real show, but also people will put you up faster on the mic. So when you go to a mic and they know that you're funny, like they won't make you wait as long. And yeah. it's sort of part of the process. Comedy comes laugh better. The level of fun I say this all the time. Comedy is like the mafia. And the level of funny you are and successful you are is the the level of in the mob, you know? Yeah. Like where you can I swear to God, like you almost can't hang out with unfunny people. You're like, uh they're almost like rats. You're like, not no, supposed no, no. to like, you, yeah. you, you, you get away from them. <clears throat> they got the they got the and, the, dude, and, and okay, I feel bad sometimes because I'm I'm a genuinely nice person. So and I do a lot of mics now because you know I'm trying to get my chops. I'm trying to you know always get better, and you know also smoke weed. So I spend time smoking weed with some comics at open mics who aren't that funny. You know, and, and then, then they come to the store and you're like, man, get yeah, the fuck away yeah, from me. And they come to the store and I'm like, hey, and just walk by them and go to the back. <laughs> you know. And it's the and it, <laughs> Quincy's hiding in the hallway. Did the unfunny people leave yet? It feels so <laughs> shitty, but it's like, yeah, it's I can't. True. It's true. Because you get associated with that. Yeah. If you dude. hanging out with four bombers and Marin or whatever yeah. walk in and he was thinking about you opening for him, but you were four stinkers and he knows they're stinkers, he's probably out of touch and wouldn't know that. But I'm just saying, if <laughs> yeah. he did. You get associated with the stinkies. It's credibility. It's Fuck like when you. it's like uh, you remember the episode of Seinfeld where George had the uh, picture of the hot girlfriend, and like <laughs> so he started dating hotter women. He's like, "Oh, I me, mean, my girlfriend just broke up," and everyone's like, "Whatever," because he's like bald, short, with glasses, and he would pull out the picture of the two, and all the hot chicks would be like, "Oh," and then like they're all <laughs> yeah. over him. That's exactly what it's like if you're hanging out with really funny people, or funny people give you the nod, like you know a Joe Rogan. It could elevate your career exponentially. You know what Eric Griffin just told me? We got to explain the Burt's backroom format. Okay. Don't let us forget that. But I just was opening for uh, Crystalia in San Diego, mm-hmm. and Eric Griffin was doing the Comedy Store of La Jolla. Oh, okay. And so we hung out one night, and then he was saying how if he likes you, he will not watch you do stand-up. He's like, I don't want to find out you're not funny. Yeah. He's like, then I can't fuck with you. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like, shit, I didn't watch Dean Del Rey for six years. <laughs> he's like, I liked him. He's like, I wanted to continue to like him. And it was so funny because I was like, good point. Yeah. He's like, I'll run out of the room if I like the guy. I'm like, I don't want to know. That's so, that's hilarious. I mean, but it is kind of, it is kind of true, man. It's yeah. Like you, yeah, you kind of, because, okay, it's almost like when you're, like dating a female comic, right? Who's not funny. Like at some point, the question's gonna come up. Hey, do you think I'm funny? 
I feel like that's gonna, and it's like, how, what do you do you at that say, point? No, but nice ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, you want to <laughs> you, you maintain your integrity, like as a comic, and your honesty, but also it's like, oh, I'm I'm getting laid. So what what am I what am I yeah, doing? You're great. You're great. <laughs> so that's what's tough. It's like it's it's already tough to have a relationship as a comic, but if you're gonna date a female comic, uh, she's got to be funny as well, almost like. Yeah. funnier than you but then if she's funnier than you she's probably not gonna date you do you know like that it's it's yeah it's, we have it rough dude i've dated uh way above and below and they both were funny and if they weren't funny i wouldn't have dated them you i mean because the question is gonna I, come I, up I, right not even the question it's just like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't care how hot you are yeah. that was a hacky yeah. job <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my goodness yeah, it's, it's it's a painful unter. Oh, uh, so uh, fourth wall and Bert's back room mm-hmm. are new mics that developed a new system that is great for open mics. And what it is, it's like six or ten people in one hour. Yep. You pay five bucks each, but it's every one hour is a new batch of comics. So it's like ten comics every hour, and then that that batch leaves, and then new blood. So nobody ever stays there long enough to get all stale and stagnant. Did mm-hmm. I explain that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, but also, you're not allowed to leave the room during that. Oh hour. yeah. Okay. Sorry. You, so you sign up for the mic online. You go. Oh, I want the 4 p.m. hour, and then you and 10 comics get it, and then you have to be there on time and stay the whole hour. It's just one hour though. So you all get up, and nobody is there long enough. Does that better? Does that make sense now? Yeah, that makes more sense. So Lundgren, yeah. Lundgren, uh, do you understand it? Is there more than ten people apply for that hour? Well, because there not could for be hour. audience members, but there's probably not. no. It's slotted, so like, so it says four p.m. There'll be ten slots. So if you go to the website and you'll look and see if there's any slots, and open. then five p.m. There's ten yeah. more slots, and exactly. you can't, you know, double book. No, yeah, you can. I mean, you can double book if you want, but they he won't double book in a sense. That he won't book twelve for the four p.m. slot. There's only ten spots. Yeah. So you're in that. If you get a spot in that. 4 p.m. hour you're part of that show you're in the room from 4 p.m. to 4:55, right and then all the people who signed up for that four o'clock hour go up and y'all watch each other and then like you let the room you open up the doors and you leave. everybody leaves and then, and then the, the new batch comes, comes in, in. Yeah. and then the new batch every hour is a new batch of 10 yeah uh, so you can so sign up for, there for one hour if you want yeah. But yeah, but otherwise you're just doing one hour. And people are complaining about that system. I was like, that's the best fucking system ever in the world. Would you rather wait three hours and not get up, you stupid motherfucker? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's just no perfect open mic. Dude. That there's is just, a perfect open mic. They're like, we don't want to pay. It's like, fuck you. It's just life. That's yeah, life. No they one, run a business. Exactly. They have to pay rent, so they're profiting off your dreams. Well, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Hollywood, bitch. <laughs> that's the whole system. It actually bothers me when people complain about paying for mics. It's like that. I will pay all day if yeah. it makes me get up. Yeah. I've waited dozens and dozens of times for three hours and not gotten up. And that makes me want to vomit and punch someone. Well, not only that. Okay, so I do comedy for me because I love comedy, right? And I want to get better at comedy. Uh, so I don't think it's anyone's responsibility to help me get better besides my own. And I don't think it's anyone's responsibility to pay for me to get better at comedy. Also, it's five bucks. Yeah. You fucking asshole. Yeah. It's not like they're charging you 20. And again, it's part of the system because once you become funny, like 
host will you know throw you up without yeah. you paying you know what i mean so it's like it all becomes part of a thing that you know your progress like you start paying you get really funny then hosts are less likely to charge you and they'll put you up because you have another show so they'll put you up right away or quicker so like it, it kind of works itself out so people who suck end up kind of being in the same system and not progressing because they suck and there's no reason to one one comic did favor. have one point my buddy kevin fart my lawyer yeah, fart, <laughs> fart. he was like i the only negative thing i can think about it is it's got a lot of soft ass weak ass pussy ass motherfuckers because it's not insanely difficult and it doesn't weed out the real ones and i was like oh i never thought of that but that's also still it's so positive and so good that it doesn't like thin the herd you know and have which I guess, but you know what I mean? You got some fake, you know how it is yeah, out here. You got yeah. some weak ass. You're like, man, you can't follow Joey Diaz. Get the fuck out of here. And that is, I mean, honestly. That's a hard I, thing to do. It's so hard. I mean, I. But I, if you could do it, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's what's, that's what's great about the store. Again, because, you know, most shows you go to, there will be showcase format. There'll be like seven comics maybe total on a show on most other clubs. Comedy store has 16 comics. So you have to be original. Because there's 15 other people on the same yeah. show. Yeah, you cannot you know? be hacky. You yeah, cannot you, be generic. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be specifically you. And yeah, so you will have a like tonight. It's like Ron White, Sebastian, Crystalia, and then like a couple other. Like you have to follow monsters. Like yeah, it, it, monsters. I love it. I yeah, love it. That's man. my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I went up after Bill Burr once. I followed Burr once in the uh, OR. Uh, and I had like an old, it was like maybe a six and a half or seven out I of called 10. Ron and Delia. Yeah. Oh, dude. It was, it was uh, Laugh Factory sold out. It was Ron White, Chris Delia, me. And that's how I got passed. I fucking ripped it, bitch. Nice. Cause I ain't no soft ass pussy ass yeah. Burt's B bitch. <laughs> I fucking rock paper, motherfucker. <laughs> Nobody knows these references. <laughs> He's fucking repping open mics in Los Angeles like it's gangs. Oh shit. Rock paper is a shitty mic. But there's uh, a thing like stage time. if you're funny, following someone who's really funny isn't as hard. Because yeah. you know you just come and, and there's you tricks jokes. Yeah. and you better believe that I have died many of times yeah. following famous fucks and I learned tricks to then survive because that shit's hard, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely tricks of like the trade that I hope you get, dude. How long we been? I have to pee so bad. Fifty-five. Minutes. All right, I'm gonna what's pee break? Pause. Okay, pause. <laughs> oh shit! I have to pee so bad. Drink all that goddamn mineral water. What do you record in hours? Yeah, we do. An hour. Well, we just go. We're having good old banter. Yeah. An hour and a half max. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Damn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. <laughs> that was a heavy stream for a long time. <laughs> Is that the cat breathing like that? Yeah. Oh. He's got like a nasal condition. <clears throat> He's got a condition. Were you rolling that whole time? That was a funny long pee. Might be, <laughs> yeah. might be good content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I had a pee, dude. Whoo. Anyways. All right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
That's the end of the podcast. Oh, Just wanted to get my peace stream, huh? Uh, one of the first times I had to follow someone really huge was George Lopez uh, at the Ice House. Oh, shit. That's <clears throat> Hispanic neighborhood, too. Yeah, it's super, Latino. super Mexican club. Like, I'm saying Mexican even sounds bad. Super Latin club. I'm sorry. I'm uh, Mexican, fool. So, I take <laughs> no offense. Who gives Excellent. A, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I had to go up after him. And my friend, Dan Smith, he gave me, you know, like, he helped me out. I was like, first off, he's like, look, it's him. He's huge. He's like one of the bigger comics right now. So you have to go up and then say, give it up for George Lopez, right? And have him clap. Then say something else. And then say, give it up for him one more time. It helps to get him out of the system. So, uh, yeah, so twice. Rule of three. Yeah, I yes. was taught that trick by Eric Myers. Yeah, and then it's, and then he's like, come with the joke. Because if you remember George Lopez, his wife gave him a kidney. Um, and then he said, after you do the second time, say, I wish I would have known he needed a kidney. I would have given him one because I have like three. You know, obvious fat joke, but it destroyed the room, dude. Like, it killed so hard. And I was just like cheesing my ass off, <laughs> grinning. So like, yeah, I can't believe it. And then the rest of the set was so easy because, you know, they... They, they, once they're you, on board with once me. you get that one laugh up top, they're in your hand now. They're like, oh, because they're scared. All there is is scared. Like, oh, George Lopez, icon. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And as soon as you get them, they're yours. That's it, I had yeah. to follow Damon Wayans, and I was new. And he murdered Damon Wayans Jr., sold out OR. And, it, and, and I was like maybe two years in. And, and he was supposed to headline, and I was right before him bringer show and then he's said to the producer hey can i go up right now and i was like i'm doing eight <laughs> minutes man i'm doing eight <laughs> minutes right. anyways he had another spot or this or that whatever you know that happens all the time it's true and then so he went up and he murdered for like 20 or 25 and then they're like all right and <laughs> Craig, and then I was like, "Hey, eh. I, I was like, good up for Dan Wayman." So I was like, "He's famous as fuck." I was like, "I work at Trader Joe's," and then it just got a laugh because they're like, he just called it out exactly what it was. Yeah, and the, and that's a if you ever, I'm not that I don't know how many comics listen to this, but if you do have to follow the famous fuck, just call it as it is. You know, make a silly joke. He's on TV. I don't have a kitchen. What's up? You know, yeah. and it just makes everybody go, "Oh, he's." He knows what he is. He acknowledged the situation, yeah. and he's also funny. So they, because they're also the audience is also thinking the same thing. Like yeah. they know who Damon Wayans is. They have no idea who you yeah. are. You know, and so it's a weird thing to where you put yourself in the room. Like there's a thing in comedy. It's like oh, just be present in yeah. the room. It's like now you guys are all in on the same joke because we all just watched Damon Wayans. We all know Kill, and then here's this unknown person. Just call it up. like it is, baby. Yeah, call it like it is. And then they're like, all right, cool. And I don't know. I've been noticing this. The more I've been really going at it and the more I've been performing, it's jokes are important, obviously. Writing is super important. But it's really more like they buy into you more than they buy into the jokes. Right? It's like that. Is it, that it, it is true because it doesn't matter if you have the most brilliant joke, 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 and you killed your whole whole set if it's not about you or your being or your person your aura your message whatever you know what i mean mm -hmm. it, it's they go who who was that guy with the good jokes yeah you know but if you 
have jokes built into you and your personality. They know exactly who you are. They know what the fuck you are. And they go, oh, I like that guy. Yeah. You know? And their reason for laughing changes almost. Yeah. So they're not laughing because you had the most clever line. They're laughing because they know how this situation affects you personally. Do you know? Like that. And then that becomes like a whole different or kind of organic laugh that's like a little deeper than just a, you know reading, listening to something that's just well-written and funny. It's like, oh, I know how this affects Craig, or I know how this affects Quincy, you know. So that's a lot funnier because I, I like they're living through you in a, in a sense. And if you look at all the most successful comics, like ninety five percent of them are that. Like yeah. very rarely are they just jokes, you know. That I mean, of course, those comics still exist, and there's Stephen Wright, and you yeah, know, absolutely. And, and, but uh, most people, it's like you like Bill Burr because it's. You know who the fuck he is. Yeah. He's like, I fuck you. You know, it's just, yeah. he's the best, you know? Joey yeah, Diaz. Yeah. And like a Delia. Delia, oh, like, so fucking funny, but he has such an understanding of who he is and he's having a good time. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard people say, oh, you know, pretty and dumb. It's like, what? It's like, what, dude? Delia knows who he is. And he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's and dumb he as is shit, a fucking, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking monster, dude. He's he not is, dumb at all. He always yeah, makes not, fun of me and Mike for being dumb. Yeah, actually. he's a he's a monster, dude. He like he go on stage, but it, like when I'm watching him, I'm not buying into his jokes or what he's saying. I'm buying into him. Yeah, like, I enjoy watching Chris. Well, because he's a personality. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's so it's a, it's like a pleasure to watch. You know, I'm trying to. Yeah, so he's <laughs> Craig's no longer opening for you now because he called you pretty and dumb. I am Chris, right? <laughs> he said that. He yeah. said that. I didn't say shit. I said people have said that. No, I'm very <laughs> lucky to be close with Chris, and he hooks it up tremendously, dude. Yeah, he's real nice too. Like you know, a lot of and he's you can't not meet pretty and dumb. No, he's not. Not at all. He's ugly and smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> cut to me never going on the road with him. You know, God damn it, Quincy. I have you on one podcast. My career's going great. Yeah. Well, that's where editing comes yeah, into play, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, he said Chris Schmelia. Yeah. <laughs> the other famous comic. Yeah, it's like Chris is pretty. Yeah. And then you know like the editing. <laughs> other people are dumb. Right? <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I just did Santa Barbara with him and San Diego. Uh, Detroit, where else? Riverside. I think that's it. Something else. Yeah, I've been trying to. It's all blur. I've been trying to get on the road with people. I've been opening my mouth and asking, because uh, that's too. I mean, like, it helps so much. Yeah, dude. if they know that you're funny, that's cool. And then also, if they know you're funny, that's cool. But then also, when you go to these places and the people there. Like you, so these new clubs. Then like you, you get work. Yeah, yeah you get more. Work. I'm telling you, bud. Big time. I tell this to everybody. Ask whoever you're gonna ask, but uh, ask to host locally. Hey, I see you're in Brea because it's low stakes. Yeah, and it's it's and then you kill it as a host. I go, oh, he kills it as a host, which is the hardest position in my opinion. Yeah, and he's nice, and I like him. He's not a weirdo, or he's a weirdo, but the perfect amount uh then they fuck with you you know because that way you drive separately it's just to irvine and they're not flying you out yeah. and in a hotel next to you yeah it's easy for you too it's very low stakes for them yeah it's the club pays you, you it's not even in money out of their yeah, pocket it's absolutely yeah yeah because a lot of times a lot of times i go to the, i'll see 
I'll see like really shitty hosts. Yeah. It's so a, ask everybody to host locally except for Delia because yeah. that's my spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I asked the host or or guest spot like the. Can yeah. I do host or guest spot? For no, you? ask the host because then you're there. The guest spot is just one spot. Host is like six spots, and you get and paid. You get paid, yeah. And then that's how they really get to know you. Yeah, exactly. You, know? Know, you spend multiple days together. That's how I started opening for Delia. Host locally, Bobby Lee. Host locally, mm-hmm. Michael Yo. Who's uh, calling me? Put it on the credit. Yeah, Spam likely. I better get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're approaching the end here. I'm running out of goose juice. Goose? <laughs> Fuck! Yo, you got the goose now. <laughs> <laughs> Two-part reference. Good call, Quincy. If you don't haven't seen the movie Juice or Above the Rim or Gridlock, Life is Poetic Justice, yeah. uh, what was that? Nothing But Trouble with Demi Moore and Chevy Chase, Tupac has a small role in it with Digital Underground where they dance in oh, front of Dan right. Aykroyd. I remember that. Remember that shit? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tupac! Shit. So uh, know your history. Go watch every fucking Tupac movie there is. Yeah, exactly. uh, Gang related <laughs> with Jim Belushi. And uh, yeah, but we're, when at, towards the end of my podcast, I always ask all my guests, let me get a, a, get a good old uh, poop story where you shit your pants like on a, on a wedding night or a date. Like a very embarrassing, I almost said that, and then I committed to it. Embarrassing <laughs> poop, shit, fart story, you know, like in the car, any. All right, so, I mean, I, I've, I have never shit my pants. Oh, uh, come on. Is I that know. A- I, I mean, listen, I would totally be willing to share. Uh, I'm not even kidding, but I swear to God, every single african-american guest i have i've the black guest i've had on doesn't have a shitting their pants story yeah I, I i don't i mean i've come close except for one david murphy and he shit his pants so much he was the polar opposite <laughs> oh like, <laughs> where he he had like 42 i was like what the fuck is going on yeah, here well, he might Did have you a problem take it for the yeah. team? <laughs> he might have a problem yeah i mean i've almost i've almost shit my pants before i definitely have all come close None, to the dude. point to where I was like, feeling you drinking venti coffees ain't getting squirts down your leg, bro. No, <laughs> come on. I have more problems with like pee, man. It's like, dude, like I like in when it's winter time, it's like I'll pee like nine times during the night because it's so cold, and I drink a lot of water during the day. You pee your pants a lot? No, I don't pee my pants a lot. Hey, what about but... you put it away too soon and it goes down your leg? Yeah, I've had That's that. Yeah, worse, it's like, yeah, it's like there's a weird where you get to a certain age. There's like a transition to where you're like, oh. Done is not done. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like done is like <laughs> it's like become, sitting down on the toilet becomes like conducive to like not dribbling. You know what I do now? I well, I sit down too. It does help uh, sometimes. But I do the old. Uh, I see my buddy get paper, toilet paper and and then wring his dick out. Oh yeah, with yeah. the pe- toilet paper on the end, so you're not spraying the walls and shit. And I, I started it. It's good. It's good practice. So you watched was- your friend pee? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's exactly what you just said. <laughs> so I was watching my buddy pee, right? <laughs> like Full on demo. <laughs> Yeah, man. You're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> Put your dick away now, please. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, uh, I think I said too much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever but, just been watching your friend Pete? <laughs> but also, it wasn't dabbing. It was like he's, his friend is stroking up and down. <laughs> so I didn't think about it. Was, that wasn't Pete. Your no. friend jerked off in front of you. Dude. That's what <laughs> so, no, no. 
That, that was one time on cocaine. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's so. Um, okay, so I have a thing about like, especially since I'm a big dude, right? Obviously, lots of farts. But okay, so growing up, my mom used to fart kind of a lot. Uh, and hey. So, it's hey, my mom too. It's, right. <laughs> and so me and even my sister, my younger sister, we kind of have this thing to where I don't know if it was embarrassing because it's not like she was farting in front of my friends, but it was just like, why are you it's like go to the bathroom or something like that? And, you know, they were they weren't the best smelling farts either. Uh, and so, like, if you're my friend for a long time, you've probably never heard me fart. Only time you've heard me fart maybe is like hitting the weed hitting the bowl and then like coughing really hard and then you know because there's like always one locked and loaded yeah you know what i mean so one will slip yeah you know so it'd be one of those aggressive like oh escaping farts you know <laughs> where it's like you just those the prison pop break. farts are the best because you don't know, you're like, oh, 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 shit. <laughs> yeah it's like oh it's like it's escaping those are fantastic but yeah so i just have this weird thing about like not farting in front of people <laughs> uh yeah and that kind of I did one of those recently on the road with Chris, and I cough fart, and I could not stop laughing because it was so stinky. And he doesn't mind farts, but if it's a stinker and you're in his green room, he's like, oh, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that's understandable. Um, yeah, dude, farts are so funny. No, they really are. They crack me up. My mom's been farting my whole life. She's a big woman. She's got a big, fat ass. And she farts, and I have this joke about her farting in a girdle and it rolling up her back and yeah. squeezing out the top of the girdle. <laughs> and you know how you get sick of jokes? Yeah. I've been doing that joke for maybe three years now, and I love it every time. Like, I never get sick of it. It's the only joke I'm not exhausted of. And because it's true, it's like, it's, it's like, it's, I love my mom, and it's, I know it sounds like I'm talking shit, but I'm speaking about it with love and. And me and my sisters crack up because we'd always see her go like this, you know? Oh, she's moving, and it, so rolling it. And it rolls over her back, dude. And it pops uh, out the top. I swore on my life. Like, it's not uh, a joke. It hilarious. rolls up her back, squeezes out the top, and you hear like a muffled one, like a, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we just laugh. And we laugh. And that's, yeah. Yeah, my, yeah, my farts are like sea turtles. It's like. They hatch out of the egg, but they still have to dig through yeah. the sand. You know what I mean? To get above ground. That's a good analogy. Thanks for the tag, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I remember once my mom as my mom farted, uh, and my stepdad, like we're all talking and we're like in the living room just like hanging out. My mom had farted and it was a really smelly one, right? Yeah. And he like he was just talking and then he got a whiff of it and he just broke out into a sprint to the front door but the front door was locked and so he's trying hard to like <laughs> do the was he never yeah. like, fart? I don't know he was like he ran so fast and he, he couldn't like get the door open he couldn't get the chain off and he just ended up running into like the other room oh dude we laughed for like 10 minutes I, I think that oh, might dude. be one of my greatest joys in life I swear to God is watching the stink like a real stinker like yeah. a green fog fucking hit people and their face. Oh, I used to fart at Trader Joe's all the time in the middle of the aisles and just wait. And we're like, oh, it's so funny to see their face go from joy to pain. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. I love it. What other uh, built-in segments do you have? Uh, any any bad event in your life that made you a better person? 
Like for me, I got arrested for throwing firecrackers at police on horses, and it led me to sobriety and stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Something to that nature. God, I always, I always hate this because I could never remember a story when you know where, it's loose. You don't yeah, need yeah. it. Um, That's the whole community service, being of service. You know, farting on people's faces, being of service. <laughs> kind of a nice guy over here. Stink fog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have I ever done anything that made? No, I'll tell you. You don't seem like a guy that ever had a problem with drugs and alcohol. I've never seen you. Yeah, no, I mean, whip just, your dick out and yeah, put I've a never, napkin on the tip. And I've never been a guy. Who, I've <laughs> never been a guy who drank. I just, uh, I've uh, just um, smoked weed. That's like the most I've done. I mean, I've done acid twice and shrooms five times, but that's been like a long time. That's so not I've done enough. That. Yeah, but other than that, I've I've never never done coke. Uh, yeah, and I've just never, you know, I, I don't like the way you feel the next day after drinking. Never done coke. Yeah. Loser. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm like a no, unicorn. No, don't do narcotics. Narcotics. Oh. No, somebody told me this and like nobody's ever tried Coke once. And I was like, good point. Yeah. Because it's good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and maybe good it's just like heart. a poor thing. It's like I've never really been able to afford Coke as well. But I mean, I've been around it where I could have had it for free, especially like in the last couple it's, of years. It's, it's, the, it's called the devil's dandruff for a reason. Oh, it's yeah. bad. It's a bad one. Stick to the naturals, everybody. Yeah, it's like just getting high, eating edibles. That's like getting really baked. That's a, that's enough. That's enough out of body experience for me, I guess. Well, now with fucking the strength of edibles, right? Whoo! Right. I'll tell you one of my biggest uh, uh, regrets, and it has to do with the comedy store and comedy. So it'll be more perfect. Is uh, so there's a guy at the comedy store. His name is Robert William Apervaya, right? He's a guy who was going to like Loyola Marymount School back in the day. He was like playing for the basketball team. He was like going to be a lawyer. He was studying to be a lawyer. Uh, and then he went crazy, like schizophrenia or whatever. Uh, so I guess back in the day, uh, Sam Kinison, because Mitzi had, Mitzi had Robert William Appervier close the end of every show, right? And it was like kind of a crazy guy. He was still functioning for the most part, but like I think he lived in assisted living, like that kind of thing. And he would close the end of every show and he'd do his shtick and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then I guess Sam Kinison started harassing him back in the day and then throwing chairs at him and like just trying to distract him during the set. Uh, and then long story short, someone picked up the mantle and continues to do that, you know, to this day. And, you know, I, when I first started working, I was working late night and it was just kind of watching it. And one of my biggest regrets is not stopping people from being shitty to him because like he was... He was a mental, he was like mentally handicapped. You know, it wasn't like a normal person who could defend himself both physically and mentally. He was mentally handicapped and they were basically picking on, you know, for lack of a better term. He's not, he's not retarded or whatever, but you know, he was, he has schizophrenia. He's like, he's a sick person, right? Uh, and they and people would heckle him, and you would not help him. I out. would not. I mean, it was, but it was com. Cut it, it, it cut was. It. <laughs> it, it was comedy store guys, though. Do you know what I mean? People who were like entrenched, who were like you know their position and their status at the club was just way above mine. Uh, we but can't tell like, your bosses stop heckling the handicapped person. Yeah, well, and when the boss is watching too, and it's like, wow. I mean, to the point to where and like people threw the like comedy buckets of cold ice water on his head, like a full on bucket throwing menus at him and he was crazy so he would take the microphone unplug it and then they would chase him out to the middle of sunset so it would be like 2 30 4 2 45 in the morning he'd be doing his act in the middle of the street in sunset with the microphone that's not plugged in 
uh, because he just wanted to do his time. Man, I'm kind of glad I wasn't around for this one. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it's really it was really bad, and like that's one of my biggest regrets. It's like because I I don't think I'm a champion of the people by any means, but I don't I don't like to see people getting. How picked long on. ago was that? I mean, it still kind of happens, man. Honestly, people heckle him. Yeah, he so, performs. Yeah, he still he was there last night. What's his name? Robert William Alperviar, the guy in the green suit. I mean, he stopped coming around because remember, potluck used to be two days. It used to be Sunday, yeah, Sunday morning. and he closed both of them, right? So he would always close, but he doesn't come around nearly as often as he used to. Jesus, yeah, and it, was, it was bad, dude. It was, I didn't know. Yeah, but I, anyway. see, I go home by midnight. That place changes after midnight. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it does, really does, dude. Yeah, dude, it's, it gets it starts. You know, yeah. you just heard freaks come out at night. Yeah, because the the freaks come out at night. Yeah, that place uh, past the wrong hour, it's just, it gets dark. Yeah. Darkness is a, upon us. It shifts. Um, once in a blue moon, I'll stay till 2, 3 a.m. But yeah. even Hassan, I'll say something. Well, not anymore. He, yeah. he quit. But he was like, you're here late. Yeah. He's the only sm- smart enough door guy that paid attention to me <laughs> and my behavior. No, <laughs> I just start crying. Robert Avavada. Damn, how the fuck did I know about that? I hang out there every damn night of my life. Well, it's, it was the very, very, very end of the night. So once... Monday. Yeah, Monday. Sunday, it used to be Sunday and Monday, yeah. but Mondays. Okay, that's why. Because after the up-and-comer part, yeah, I'm out. He's the absolute last person okay. to go on on the show. So it's like late. So it's like only employees are really seeing it. And maybe the one or two people you know, who are still there. And you know, maybe someone from the Ding Dong show or something. But God yeah. damn. Comic store, baby. Yeah. Go to it. It's the shit. Maybe not late night on a Monday, but if you do, <laughs> help the guy on stage out. Quincy's <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that does it, man. Yeah. Everybody, this is Quincy Weekly. Very funny. Very good dude. You've been listening. You know what the fuck you've been listening to. Community service with Craig Conant. Thank you for liking and subscribing to my poop stores. I appreciate you. I got a pumpkin here. I don't know if you saw this, but it's Halloween edition, baby. <laughs> it was a pleasure to meet all of you guys. Thank you. And that's it. I peed on camera for you day. <laughs> today. Have a good day. Happy New Year. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>